everybody. Welcome to the Canine Inspired Podcast. This is Danielle, Erin, and Beth. And we are here to explore the connection between humans and dogs and to give you some tools to strengthen your bond with your dog and with your community. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Canine Inspired Podcast. I'm Danielle Grachik, and with me on the mic and on the board is Mr. Mark Sterry. All right. Thanks for having me again, Danielle. Today, we have a very special guest, um, and she's really bringing the talent because she is an award-winning podcaster, so no pressure, but it better be good. Miss Molly Cat, Miss Molly Mogren Cat, Miss Molly McDolly Cat Mogren, you... These are all the, the the names I know her by, but you'll know her as Molly Cat. Hey, Mom. Hi, how are you? Thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks for having me, Danielle. Danielle Grachek, Danielle from hell. Yes! So we gave each other these nicknames when we worked for this guerrilla marketing company. I'm going right in. Um, yeah. No, there were no actual gorillas. There's involved. no actual gorillas. There's this, um we we affectionately termed it the sausage factory. Um and I'll just <laughs> let you, you know, think about that however you will. But we went on a lot of crazy road trips slash promotional trips um on a dime. On a dime and, and had That's a lot right. of crazy experiences. So during one of those, I Gave you the moniker Molly McDolly. Yes, and I give you the one Danielle from Hell. Perfect. <laughs> it's my literal <laughs> favorite nickname of ever. Um, so yeah. Um, can you well just segueing into more pertinent things? Can you tell us about your dog? Oh, I would love to. So. Um, my dog is Patsy Klein. So um, perfect. Can we just take a moment for that name? Yeah, she's named after my favorite singer. And um, let's see, I'm looking at her right now. Yeah, she just turned eight. Aww. And um, yeah, I've always been like a big dog lover. Um, but <laughs> just for a variety of reasons, we, we did have a dog growing up. But um, I feel like, you know, hashtag broken family of the nineties. It was sort of like a, like hard to have a dog growing up. Cause they had to like go back and forth between my parents' houses as well. Right. So, um, yeah, we, so when I was finally, when I had a house and finally was like stable enough to get a dog, it was the first thing I did. <laughs> and so like those of us that love dogs, I mean, we kind of all have a general answer for like, why do you love dogs or what does your dog bring to your life? But um, I just want to hear your version of that. Oh, yeah. Um, so I also have two human children, mm -hmm. but I say that my my dog is my favorite um, because she doesn't whine. She doesn't. I mean, she just brings me nothing but happiness mm -hmm. um, without like bitching too much um, <laughs> or at all. Or at all. She does a little bit. Yeah. She's got like a knack for giving so major stink eye yeah. if I if she doesn't get what she wants. Like, si like, one of those like little... silent condescension. Oh yeah. With those eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. But um <laughs> like I always joke that uh I like I love sleep having having my dog sleep in my bed, which I know a lot of people that's kind of like a 
hot topic for people. um, I'm a I'm a professional dog trainer and all my dogs sleep in my bed. So my two cents (laughs) on that is dogs sleep in packs normally. Um, that's how they sleep with their litter mates. If you're going to extrapolate out to the wolf, because the genuses and species are so close, that's how they live. So it's very natural for them to do that. Um, so if it's in your family's wheelhouse to have that happen, you're not doing anything detrimentally to your relationship with your dog. Now, people like to blame it on that. Meanwhile, they're like feeding them like spaghetti meatballs from the table. And then they're like, oh, my dog's so spoiled because they sleep in my bed with me. But it's like, well, maybe you should just stop feeding them from the table. And that might be Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I would say the dog sleeping in the bed isn't so detrimental to the dog. My husband doesn't (laughs) like it, but I don't care. I I would... Yeah, if he was like, you can't have the dog sleep in our bed anymore, I would be like, how about you don't sleep in here anymore? (laughs) How about that? (laughs) How about that? Yeah, it's funny, though. She's... um, Like we definitely have gone through some phases, Patsy and I, where we've been extremely um, codependent. And sometimes I've said that we should sign up for like an (laughs) Al-Anon thing because especially like when I was pregnant, um, yeah, my husband was like, I think you and the dog are like too codependent (laughs) right now and it's probably not healthy. I'm like, why don't you just go away. (laughs) (laughs) So did that change though, after you had your baby, your first one? Um, well, uh, yeah, it's been a little bit, I mean, I would say the, the hardest thing about having, I mean, one of the hardest things about having kids or the thing that stressed me out. Well, many things did, but I was very worried about how it would change my relationship with my dog because we're very close. And, of course, it has changed our relationship, um, but mostly just because the the kids like love her too much, mm. and so she's you know she just we need to like make sure she gets her breaks from them, yeah. and and I do every just about every day make it a point to um, spend time with just the dog one on one, either you know going for a walk or just having a little cuddle session on the couch. Um, because I just don't think, yeah, I just think, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say my dog is more important to me than my children, but (laughs) but, like, cause she's, you know, it's totally different, but, um, I do think that, you know, I love her and I made a commitment to her when we adopted her that, that she was going to, you know, just to have her be a part of my family. So I just, I think it's important to make that time. It's so important. And it's just important for the whole family because mm-hmm. oftentimes when I get called into a, like a dog training situation where there is a, a family, um, there's two adults or one adult and some children and some form of animals, the relationship with the animal in the house, with the dog in the house directly affects on everybody else's relationship. So if you are taking time for your dog your dog's happier. Therefore you have at least that piece of stress removed from your day to day life as, you know, a working mom and wife and everything else. So, you know, that, that side of the street is clean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I just think it's really important to, um, not have your animals get totally lost and, you know, as you're having kids and things. Right. So, 
easier said than done. I feel like, of course, just as the mom in this family, I have like feel a lot of emotional responsibility, you know, for I guess responsibility for the emotional well-being of both of my kids and my pet. Yeah. You know? And um and your husband. I mean, yes, and my husband. I feel like I I mean, I don't know if I feel like the full responsibility right. for his emotional well-being, but it's just kind of like the role that a lot of women default into. Um, but you would know, it it's fair, important to me that they all are happy. Would it be fair to say that like, but you're the one that kind of keeps it all running? Yes. Okay. Yes, for sure. That's for where sure. I'm, that was where I was getting at. Yeah. 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 Uh, and yeah. rather than the antiquated and you're yeah. responsible for your husband's. <laughs> no, um, I know. But it is, it is funny though. It's like, once the kids go to bed, then you know, I'm like, oh, I get to be just like not having anyone hang on me. But then Patsy is hanging on me. And then when I lay down to go to bed at night, we have a cat that mm. does a lot of hiding. But as soon as I lay down, mm-hmm. he's laying on top of me, yeah. too. So it's just like, well, give me some space. Right. OK, so <laughs> as the like holder together of the unit, do you feel like your animals give you support? Like oh, emotional yeah, yeah, support. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I find too, where I'm just like, I'm running around trying to run a nonprofit and deal with my own crazy thoughts in my head about the impending doom of the world. And then, you know, my dog is just always like, hey, I'm still me and you're still you. And like, I got you. And it gets very, very simple at that point in time when I'm able to just like lay down and hang out and pet my dog or or go for a walk or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she's for sure my least complicated relationship. That's a good way Um, to put it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that is something I really value. Um, that's even like, yeah, yeah. And I would say, you know, on days when, for whatever reason, if Patsy isn't home, which hardly ever happens, but coming home to a house without a dog in it just feels sad to mm-hmm. me. Um, so, uh, yeah, I like very much love and appreciate her for that. Um, and then also it's a great motivator to get outside and take her for a walk and get fresh air. And, you know, like she encourages me to, I mean, I can't have to do that with her right? pretty much every day. So, right. So we're good for that too. So that 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 piece, that least complicated relationship piece, that is hitting me hard. That is yeah. so good. That is such. What a do you good mean, thing. Danielle? Do you have some complicated <laughs> relationships in your life? <laughs> well, I don't know how it could be since I am not a complicated person at all. Oh, no, no very facet. one dimensional. One dimension. No thoughts in the head at at any time. Yeah. So to. Th- I mean, and also just to think like, hey, is it my responsibility to show up in my relationships in an uncomplicated way? I think that's such a great way to look at things. Mm -hmm. Like clearly communicate, just state what you mean or, you know, state your boundaries and show up. And that's about it. Yeah. So maybe we all need to be a little bit more like a dog. Yeah. (laughs) Agreed. Okay. Well, I want to talk about Go Fork Yourself a little bit because oh, okay. that was, 
I mean, like you're an experienced podcaster. We're just starting this thing. Um, and I'd love to hear about Go Fork Yourself with Andrew Zimmern and how that came to be. And also, like, how cool did it feel to, like, first of all, <laughs> somebody actually listens. <laughs> like, that's always, like, right now I'm like, will anybody listen to this? Um, and so, like, with your show, clearly somebody listened. And then beyond that, you guys won an award. So what was the whole, like, situation with all of that? Sure. So um, let's see. So I worked for Andrew for about almost 10 years, maybe eight or nine. Um, And we always would talk about how it would be really fun to like have a show or something where we were recording the ridiculous conversations we were having in our office. Mm -hmm. And it was a very small office. There were only, you know, between like three and five of us there shout out to dusty yes yes and your um, podcast now yes which we're yeah. gonna get, going to get to yes. which is called it the well we i have a new podcast called a mess in the kitchen right with you and dusty right yes yes who is my former co-worker and um and, and very good friend and an amazing yes. human yes mm-hmm. yeah so you know, we kind of just Andrew and I started doing this podcast with our producer Beth Gibbs, and we did maybe 150 episodes, and they were all about. Well, I wouldn't even say they're all about food, mostly about food, but uh, you know, got to go off on tangents every now and then. So, um, yeah, it was kind of crazy because it was uh, before Siri, the serial podcast came out. So it was kind oh. of like a podcast before podcasts were cool. Yes. Um, I'm so jealous. Think, I'm so jealous of that. I'll never get to do that. Now I'm just like right. jumping on the podcast wagon. That's okay. I think they're fun. I listen, I should listen to a lot of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I kind of feel like the timing was a little, off like if we had started it just a little bit later it would have maybe been like really happening at a ripe time in the podcast mm-hmm. world but it was still just kind of fun to um to I mean it was developing a totally new skill set for me um I actually I took <laughs> it was so dorky but in preparation for that I took improv classes like a lot of them actually, because, um, I don't know. I mean, I know you've maybe you have met Andrew Danielle before, but he, um, is kind of like a verbal steamroller and I mean (laughs) that in the kindest way, but it was really hard to, to, um, get a word in it. Yes. Yes. Because not only is he, does he talk a lot, but he was my boss. It was kind of, it wasn't like a weird dynamic, but it, you know, one where it was, like I really needed to get over my anxiety about speaking up and just not overthinking things. So, um, in that regard, doing improv was, was so helpful and helped me a lot through out of a lot of, sorry, I can't talk through a lot of the things I've done professionally and personally. Would you recommend that? Cause I was going to ask you, what is a tip for us? And so maybe that's one. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many people are taking improv classes during COVID, but it might be a thing. I don't know. Maybe it's Um, not. Yeah. But I, I mean, for me, it it really, now, Danielle, I have to tell you Mm -hmm. that I don't think you have the same issues as me. (laughs) Like you, I feel like you're very spontaneous. I'm Danielle from hell. 
damn it. Yes. And you just say, you know, what comes to mind and I feel like hold it a little bit more lightly than I do. Sometimes I kind of like tend to overthink mm-hmm. and overanalyze. And then next, you know, the moment is gone. So, um, but yeah, for, for me, that was a really valuable, um, skill to hone. Okay. Let me ask, is the whole improv thing? Yes. And is that the improv? Yeah. 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 Basic. And it's, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. I guess yes. And is one of the biggest, um, you know, components to that. So just sort of building off whatever, you know, your scene partners or whatever saying, you know, just kind of enrolling in whatever mm-hmm. idea they're going with. Um, but another thing too, is just to like, what, like let whatever words fall out of your mouth and it's okay. Yeah. Like whatever you say, it's okay. And it's going to be fine. And, and then you're not that important and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fine. And There's just, so much like verbosity. Is that a word? I don't, I think it is. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> <laughs> we're just getting there's a lot of people talking right now um and so yeah it's 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 okay to to just say what you mean or mean yeah. what you say or not or maybe you didn't or maybe just just, just have like less attachment yeah. to everything yeah. that you say yeah. i don't know i yeah. think it's it's a good skill to have i mean obviously you should also think about what you say i know there are some people, um, maybe you've seen them on the <laughs> nightly news or things where they uh, just say whatever comes to mind and sometimes not very smart. Um, anyway, but... I do know, I think I might know what you mean, so, <laughs> but uh, we can talk offline. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that podcast was, it was really fun. It helped me sort of uh, find my voice literally figuratively um and now uh, starting let's see earlier this year i started a new podcast with my friend dusty kugler who has been andrew's well running his life and his business for a long time like 15 years and wow. um i know maybe even longer she, i honestly at I don't this know. point has her wings and her halo and she's just ready to ascend she sure does wherever is the better place after this yeah so um dusty and i both really like cooking but we approach it from different ways she is a former food stylist and caterer and just like one of those people who's really moves effortlessly in the kitchen and, um, is really, uh, she's also like a total neat freak and, um, and extremely opinionated in a way that I love. Um, and so we, I don't know, all of our conversations are about building confidence in the kitchen and that you don't really have to know everything or be a great cook in order to make good food. And, um, I would say like my approach to cooking is, I mean, I burn stuff all the time. I'm like forgetting things in the oven. I almost burnt down my house <laughs> with us, with pizza. my like sourdough starter Wait, this year. There was a pizza incident. I just distinctly remember this. <laughs> I think is when you were living yeah. with Krista. <laughs> no, Maybe it not. seems like it should be, but no, I was living by myself and I, I, uh, it was late a late night. night and I fell asleep with a pizza in the oven and the fire department woke me up and it was 
and all of your neighbors in your apartment had to be outside and you're just doing yeah. the walk of shame like sorry yeah it was a bad it was a bad moment well, for me these things happen. <laughs> well okay so mark you brought up that you listened to go fork yourself and, and specifically a couple different um episodes for different reasons i want molly to get on this because she'll get a kick out of it okay, well, okay. i used to listen to go fork yourself all the time it, it, it stopped in 2015 didn't it uh yeah that sounds right and well uh, maybe 16 yeah i was i was doing a lot of well, i'm a full-time musician so i was playing my favorite episode of your guys is when i was playing the minnesota state fair for a number of years oh. and andrew or you guys went down there and reviewed the place where i was playing's version of i don't want to drop particular names but like their cheese curd gimmick mm-hmm. And I, these people were really, really cheap that I worked for and whatever. And he <laughs> grilled them on that show on how it was unauthentic and it was BS. They did that. And I was like, oh, I love this show. So ever since I listened to it after that. Because <laughs> he knew he was speaking the truth. He was speaking the God's honest truth. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm glad he called him out. Yeah. And don't mess around with cheese curds in Minnesota. Like, just don't do it. Don't use them as a gimmick. Don't make them so they're gross and over greasy. Don't tell sell us a cheap ass cheese curd. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so that was my favorite episode of Go Fork Yourself. Yeah, it was a great show. Thanks. I made sure to yeah, check well, out your new podcast. Yeah, it's um a part of the Matriarch Digital Media um group. So it's a lot of it's woman owned and a lot of lady voices on that network so it's fantastic um, so i don't yes i don't know about these things so there's like a group that sponsors podcasts well it's a network so we're all produced by um twyla dang is her name who has doesn't she have the best name ever and i've seen her i think she's a gossip columnist in like or or some kind of isn't she well she used to be at my talk that's where i know her from yeah 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 and now she has launched her own thing so they have shows about um they have shows about oh vaginas so everyone everyone loves a vagina Perfect. We um, were just, i just had the- Brittany on um <laughs> podcast and all she did was talk about her vagina and the fact oh. that she had her period Oh, that's great. It was Hi, awesome. Brittany. Mark loved um, that one. It was Yeah, his I'm favorite. sure. Yep. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Mark was like, can't we just talk about cheese curds some more? Um, great episode. Yeah. So they have, um, <laughs> they have a show about, um, there's a body positivity show. There's. That's um, awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's just lots of different things that uh, appeal mostly to women. So. Yeah, go check out their shows. So what it does that so being under their umbrella, then they like promote you or they uh, like how does that work? Yeah, so they like, do a lot of the production side of things okay. and um you know put the show out, do all the technical stuff that I have done myself in the past mm-hmm. and it is a lot of work. Yep. So they really take a lot of the headache out of it. So you can just kind of so I can just show up and make a great show and then not have to worry about all of the technical back end Got it. stuff. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, it's nice to have a group of people who can have a, you know, a common goal and we can talk about each other and our shows and, Got it. you know, yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, that's I'm just getting all kinds of new info because we just dove right in here. Well, because Mark already had his podcast. Um, and then we have Miss Erin Jork that works for us. She's our communications director. And like literally she's that person that if she's never done something before, you can just say, hey, think you could figure this out? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. And she'll See, like do a bunch and, of Googling. Yeah. And then like next thing you know, she's got our podcast up. So I, I, I should say it's been a few days of like, ah, but she figured it out. So, yeah, I think that's great, though. I think that is a, a, just a good way oftentimes just move through the world is not be too precious and have feel like you have to have everything figured out before you just start. I don't know. Starting is the hardest part. Well, so. right. And that's, we talked about this on a previous episode in which um, I talked about being good at building the airplane in the air. I mean, that's how oh, it's yeah. always been, you know, like, oh, sure, we'll just do it. Um, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Like, have a big picture around it and then just a lot of cool people that are helping you implement that idea. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's good. Okay. All right, McDowell. Well, this has been super, <laughs> super fun, and hopefully you'll come back on at some point. But everybody, please go listen to Molly and Dusty's podcast called A Mess in the Kitchen. And you find that anywhere podcasts are found. Being served. Being yes. served up. <laughs> with a and, help oh, I have one words. last thing to share with yeah. you, Danielle. Please. Um, you know how before I had human children, I was fostering rescue dogs yes we're totally gonna do that again yay that's yeah. hit me up if i uh if you need any help within the training yeah. department probably will so Who, when do you get yeah. your first dog well we're just kind of finalizing the the foster application process so they have to do a virtual you know home visit Mm -hmm. which will be interesting (laughs) um but yeah so I think that just seems like a fun way to I mean it's a little nerve-wracking having a dog you don't know in your house you have two little kids yeah but um but also that I think that might be a nice way to (laughs) I don't know get my kids like engaged in us doing something during the next few months that might be a little, I feel like this winter might be a little challenging in Minnesota. Yeah. So, well, it's good. Certainly good modeling for your kids to show yeah. them that this is even possible. Um, what, who are you doing it with? Um, it's through rough start rescue, rough start rescue. We've done a lot of work mm-hmm. with them. They're awesome. And I yeah. feel like they do a really good job with fitting the right dog with the right. Household. Yeah. Cause I've been impressed so far. Yeah. So they're good. Good stuff over there. It's Azure, I believe, is runs that one, but she's got a cool name, so that's that's a plus. Sure does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Until next time, we see. I see you. You matter, and get out there and do good with your dog. Bye. Bye.